was five days before Christmas when two dads sat down in a world that seemed to be upside down. They aren't talking about COVID or the president's war on democracy, but decided to have a discussion much more silly. They sat with their masks strapped to their face to have a debate about which movies were great. Was it Kevin or Alex or Kevin again that was the greatest hero of our generation? Welcome to Raising Nashville. I'm Bucky. I'm Juicebox. And that, hands down, could be my favorite intro to this podcast I've ever heard. Full disclosure, uh, I decided to write that about five minutes before Bucky walked in the door. So, you know, if you want to get nitpicky, I rhymed down with down. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so don't give me any shit about that. Um, but there is some truth to it. If we sound a little different, we are both wearing masks we're six feet apart in the state that tennessee is in we are taking every single precaution that we can and still recording a podcast absolutely and i don't think masks are strange anymore i thought they were strange for a while i was thinking about this on the way over here you know that um twas the night before christmas you know that's what that reminded me of that intro yeah and he says, like, and Ma and her kerchief and me and my cap. And you've seen the books and everything. And this guy's, like, wearing this stocking cap that, you know, goes down half his back. Right. And it's very thin. Why did they do that? Like, what was the point of that cap? Did it keep you, keep your head warm? Did it, I mean, it, it just seems like it would get in the way when you're sleeping and you're rolling over and it like gets caught around you. Oh, 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 you're talking about just like a specific sleeping cap. A sleeping cap. I don't understand why anybody would wear a cap while you're asleep. Any, I don't, I don't it makes no sense. about that. I guess it was just a lot colder back yeah. in the day. Uh, well, once again, welcome to Raising Nashville. This week, we have been talking about this for a while. Um, initially, this set out to be a battle or potentially the end of Juicebox and I's friendship. Uh, because we've been talking about this. We've had debates. I know Juicebox, one of his favorite movies ever is Home Alone. Yeah, it's probably my favorite Christmas movie. And I have come to battle in the last couple of years because a few years back I saw Home Alone 3 and I was like, man, this could take on Home Alone. Like, and there are reasons why. And I knew Juicebox had never seen three. No, I didn't even know it existed until like recently. Yes. And not only is there a three, there is a four. Um, and there is something called Home Alone Hollywood Heist. And No, Hollywood. Holiday Heist makes a little bit more sense. And if you're here to catch us talking about uh, Holiday Heist, this is the wrong podcast for you. But we are going to do something special today and get into, we both watched Home Alone 3 and 4. Yes, they exist. And they yeah. exist on HBO. Like that was, that blew my mind when I found that out when we were going to watch these movies. Yeah, HBO, it's like Disney, I guess. HBO, you know, Disney bought up a bunch of shit, so they have everything on their streaming thing. And now HBO or Time Warner or whoever, AOL or AOL, that doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> AT&T or whoever owns it all, you know, they just bought up all this shit. So there's so much random stuff on there. 
we can talk about it a little bit more, but I want to just go ahead and say right off the bat that I don't think four and five are Home Alone movies. I think they just copied a premise. I, I don't think they even belong in the in the same category as the first three movies. Well, let's talk let's talk about that because initially what was going to happen on this podcast is I was going to bring my argument why 3 and 4 are better than 1 and 2 and we were going to go versus on that. And, and I was just sitting back rubbing my hands together waiting to have that debate. <laughs> so I so all full disclosure I watched 4 last night and uh, it's not fair to go those two versus those 1 and 2 versus 3 and 4. I will retain the argument that three could take on one or two hands down. But four, what was that? I mean, what was Home Alone 4? I told Bucky, I was texting Bucky like throughout watching it, and um, it was just like disbelief, I think. I said, this movie is a complete mess. I don't even know what's going on. This might be the worst movie I've ever watched. I'm... (laughs) Gonna maybe stand by that. And unless you hate Christmas or have never seen a movie in your life, you know what Home Alone 1 and 2 are. You you know, you know, the story of Kevin and the forgetful parents and the you know trip through the streets of New York and all and Marv and Harry and you know all of the crazy stuff that Macaulay Culkin gets into. Yep. Um, so you know that. You've seen those movies hundreds of times, especially this time of year. But I bet most of you out there have not seen Home Alone 3, and I guarantee you an even lower percentage has seen Home Alone 4. But what I made Juicebox do this week is watch Home Alone 3 and 4 to get his take on it. If you haven't seen it, Home Alone 3, John Hughes production. So still in that original realm. He also wrote it. He wrote oh, Home Alone 3. Okay. Did he write 1 and 2? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, still in that John Hughes realm, so it still holds up, you know, in, in my opinion, on paper with 1 and 2 so far. Now, this is where it gets a little weird. So, the opening scene is about the Chinese and another, like, accented country. They didn't... I, I couldn't even tell what country that was. I think that dude was, like, Australian or maybe or something I, like that. I, I don't know. But I had to, like, double-check that I was watching the correct movie at the beginning. <laughs> yes. I mean, it opens like an 80s, like, suspense, you know, film. Yeah. I wrote down, is this Mission Impossible? But then, like... <laughs> Mission Impossible is actually way more high tech than this movie. You find out it's about a chip, and this chip can can like blow up a city if it's put in a rocket, and it's got real serious right off the bat. International terrorists, and also uh, international thieve ring or something like that. Like yeah. we're we're supposed to believe that this group of people is some like big time international thieves. They're like diamond thieves. So once we get past this opening scene. Home Alone starts, basically. Right. And you find out that, uh, you know, there's this kid named Alex this time. You know, kind of not same premise. Same type of big house. Same premise. Family's kind of the same. More or less same premise. He lives in a similar house, I feel like, in a similar neighborhood. They still live in Chicago, but it's not Kevin. And his sister is Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. And she is in the movie for about five minutes. And thank God, because she is... her, Her acting is terrible. Actually... Everybody's acting except for maybe the main kid is terrible. I I'm gonna have to disagree because uh, <sighs> Haviland Morris is in this movie. Uh, you might remember her in Sixteen Candles. I remember her as in Gremlins Two. 
she was like the co-worker of the main character in Gremlins 2, and she was trying to hit on him, but he had the girlfriend, Phoebe Cates. And then Alexander Krupa, the plays the bad guy. I mean, to me, he he's, he seems like he's the bad guy in a lot of C movies, maybe. So I, I've got Behind Enemy Lines. Was Owen Wilson in that movie? I don't think so. Italian Job, Eraser, you know, that classic Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> he plays the bad guy in quite a bit. So I don't think the acting is that bad. Dude, I feel like we were not watching the same movie. Okay, so, but the kid, this Alex kid, you find out in the beginning he has chicken pox. I'm not relating this in any one way or another, but to me, this kid who plays Alex is more tolerable than Macaulay Culkin. Like, it's just, hit, he's pretty cool little actor, you know, for a little kid movie. Uh, see, I, I don't know. I I, can't, I don't know how to have a debate about that because that's just a matter of preference. Like I, I feel like if he was the same age in the early 90s, he could have starred in like Little Rascals. I mean, he was definitely the highlight of the entire movie. Okay. I'll give you that. And also he like went up was up for some like young actors award or something for this movie. Yeah. The only positive thing that this movie was nominated for. <laughs> so Somehow this chip ends up with Kevin because of a mishap in an airport and he gets and the chip ends up in a remote control car. He accepts that uh, for shoveling some snow. And then, you know, we kind of get into the movie where the four uh, other accent group that is trying to, you know, get this chip comes after Kevin. And then, it, you know, it's going to turn into a. A Home Alone movie, right? With a bunch of traps right. and, you know, stuff like that. Let and, me just say, his name is not Kevin. Or, sorry, Alex. It's Alex. Sorry, Alex. So, uh, w- without just getting into the entire movie, I want to talk about this remote control car. Because there is a specific scene in this movie where the robbers are trying to get into Kevin's house, or they're getting into the houses in the neighborhood, and he's trying to spy on them, and he's got this remote control car with a a video camera attached to it. Which is transmitting a crystal clear signal back to his house somehow, like through some sort of TV antenna thing that he hooks up to it. The antenna is like four inches long, uh, and it's bent to the side, so it can't be that great. But this remote control car literally can drive as fast as a real car and navigate an entire neighborhood from one house oh yeah yeah it's like in other houses it's easily a over one mile radius for the range for this car and then when it goes out of the range all he has to do is walk over to the window and then it's like just perfectly working again and my favorite part about that car is it's referenced later on to where somebody said it might have been broke or something like that and it, there was a line where uh, alex says well it's not that expensive and i'm like what that's got to be the most expensive RC car in the history of RC cars. Right. I was so confused because like at the, at the beginning, I didn't know if it was like an actual product because it seemed like they were trying to do some product placement at the beginning. They showed the box like very mm-hmm. prominently. I was like, was this a real thing in 1997? But no, it, it, there's no way it could have been. It jumped an alley over a minivan. Like, I mean, this is the greatest remote control car in the history. Yeah, not to mention this eight-year-old kid is unbelievable at driving it a car that he just got like he is evading everybody like it is insane you know what a theme i've noticed through all four movies i think is a telescope i think there's a telescope in every single movie right yeah um and that's just a that's a random thought so back to home alone 3 i think the car scene made the whole thing uh obviously 
I think there's some better traps in Home Alone 3 and more creative. I mean, I guess you have to get it. If you're John Hughes, you have to go bigger and bigger and bigger, right? Well, that, that's the thing I wrote down. Like, every single movie is just an increase of the violence of the traps and how much they destroy his own house. Because he's constantly just destroying his own house in, in this movie. Well, the, in all the movies, but in this one, like... The violence is on, like, 11, it was like that in the early ones, you know, because I was rewatching. Uh, full disclosure, I watched Home Alone two through five for this effing podcast. Thank you. <laughs> in the past twenty four hours, <laughs> so even in two, like Kevin's throwing bricks off like a five story building yeah. and hitting him directly in the face. So I mean, there's still a high level of violence in this, but it's just it's a little more cartoony, I guess, in this. But the kid creates an electric chair. I mean, that yeah. would have killed somebody. Yeah. That lawnmower that fell off the like upper shelf or whatever and cut the guy. I mean, I, yeah. When that happened, I was like, "How are they going to play this?" It somehow only cut his hair, but it was just like, "Yeah, this is a lawnmower falling into this man's face." I've yep. seen Leprechaun. I know how that ha- what happens. And this kid is like a twenty year veteran architect on trapdoors because there's <laughs> so many trapdoors in this place. I was blown away. Uh, there's a lot of glue. It's kind of odd. Like, they used a lot of glue in these sequences. Yeah. Like, when he sticks his buc- uh, hands in the buckets of glue, or she reaches over the fence and puts her hand in the glue. Yeah. I, I didn't get the glue. Kid has a ton of glue around the house for some reason. I mean, a t- his dad must sell glue or something. His dad had to go away on some business trip. There's always been this debate about what Kevin's dad does, I feel like, throughout these movies. And it's, like, never... It's shady. <laughs> it's never totally been established until four, actually, but... Here's my argument. I've already got it. Cuter kid, better traps, right? The remote control car, which is the baddest thing I'll ever see on uh, film. Mm -hmm. And finally, this Alex kid took on four people instead of two. So automatically better than Macaulay Culkin. My question, I wrote this down. Do you think Alex saw Home Alone 1 and 2? Or he just had this in him? Maybe he watched it right beforehand or something. Because, I mean, he would have this. It's like he, would, you, he was born when, like, the first one came out. Like, because this came out in 97, which means it was probably shot in 96. He was, like, eight years old or seven years old at the time. So, uh-huh. you know, maybe, maybe he watched it. In the movie, though, like, the character, Alex, let's say, how did he. How do these kids just know these traps? Like, what prepares them for this? What in their life is coming at them to where they need to know how to make an electric chair? Or, you know, they need to know how to rig a lawnmower to almost cut somebody's head off. Like, right. what, I, what has happened in this kid's life? Right. That's what concerns me. That, that is a very good point. He does know way too much about making traps that could kill people. Is <laughs> exactly. it just because he has an older brother? Like, he has to fend off his buzz, so that's like, or his buzz. Okay, potentially. I didn't think about that. But that's some harsh violence, even for your brother. Yeah. And like the... The worst thing that your brother's ever done to you is what? Punch you in the arm? Yeah. Or did he unleash a spider on him one time? No, that was the... Yeah, I'm getting my Home Alones confused. All right, speaking of that, confusing is a great word to introduce the next segment of this podcast, which is us covering Home Alone 4. And I have to say, what the F was that? First off... Kevin's mom and dad are getting are divorced. Yeah. They're divorced. First off, first off, it's back to Kevin McAllister again. <laughs> yes. It's back to Kevin McAllister. Completely different family, completely different people. His parents are divorced. 
they it's Christmas time. They say that they have been divorced for eight months. Yep. They also say that Kevin is now nine. He was eight in the first one. So there's somehow been three Christmases and he has only aged <laughs> one year in that time. And also his dad is, you know, like, I guess, you know, after they got back from New York and in, and he had been left home alone twice, twice, I guess that we're just led to be led to believe that the dad was just like, I'm fucking out of here. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah. That's a great way to look at it. Hey, Catherine O'Hara, you obviously can't keep up with our children. I think we need to split. I mean, he wasn't a great parent either. Let's be honest. Like, it wasn't all on Catherine O'Hara. Like, he, that was, is he true. was doing nothing. So, I, that's one thing I want to say. Just from the get-go, they make Kevin's dad look like a piece of shit. Really do. <laughs> like, he is the worst. He comes into the family to tell his wife that he's going to get engaged as soon as their divorce is finalized as soon as it's finalized when it came to this the opening of this movie it probably took me 15 minutes and i asked my 10 year old is this like for real kevin and like this is the same story and he was like i don't know i'm confused too and then when (laughs) when marv came in or the younger like son of marv like it was it's a French. What is what's the guy's name? French Stewart. French Stewart, right? Plays Marv, and we were like, okay, I guess this is the same story. Like no Harry, and he explains that. Yeah. So I I was confused. Like, did he break out of jail again, or was he released from jail? Because this would be a person that was arrested for serial burglary, broke out of prison tried to kill a kid, robbed a toy store, was arrested again, and we're led to believe that he is out of jail eight months later. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm fully on board with thinking that too many people are in prison. Like, but come on, dude. Crazy sequence. <laughs> Crazy this guy, sequence. This guy has tried to murder a kid several times and constantly robs places. Okay, uh, I'm not going to lie. I watched this movie uh, in two parts, like Juicebox has before. I watched it last night, and then I woke up this morning and watched it again. Yeah. I've got a surprise for you, or a surprise that I just read on the notes that I made on this movie, because I was a little loose, so to speak, and I was writing things. I want to I read you just my first couple of notes here. Home Alone 4 opens with divorce. Come on. And then I say, why is his name Kevin? And then I say major divorce overtones, older sibling sibling bullying, what his brother's name is Buzz. Fuck, this is a sequel. And then I put Robert is Marv, damn it. And then that was it. That's all I saw last night. So you saw the first five minutes? So I figured out that it was a sequel and I was a little bit upset. Because none of these people look like the same people. No, not at all. Like, not even close. No. They didn't even try. They put Scarlett Johansson in the movie. Like, wait a minute, that was the last one. Yeah, she was in the third (laughs) one. There's, There's, like, nobody. Well, I take that back. I think the guy that plays the butler... I feel oh, like yeah. I've seen that guy in some other that guy stuff was before. A besides Mr. for Fr- Mr. Deeds, okay. So and I then think he- French Stewart, which is in yeah. that thirty ro- or third rock. I was show. surprised to see Joanna Goings in this movie. I think she's hot. I don't know who that is. So she's been in like House of Cards. Um, she was in Mad Men, I think, and she was in a couple of other things. Oh, okay. She's the lady that plays the rich woman that um, the dad is getting married to. Yes, in okay. the stepmom. Okay. I wrote her stepmom. Dad, I wrote TV detective, also Peter McAllister, question mark. 
He, you know, divorces his family and then hooks up with this chick who has like everything, like billion dollars. She's like Jeff Bezos of women. Like, what is this house? And like, what? She has a smart home in 2002, which I thought was pretty. I mean, I guess people have been thinking about that forever, but this was a pretty dang accurate like representation of what a smart house can be. You you still have to hold a remote, though. Yeah, That, that was the odd thing. You can't just talk to your house. You have to talk to a remote. And then, you know, craziness ensues i mean we'll tell you about the movie it's about you know she was expecting like the prince of wales or something to come to her house which is another like what this is a home alone movie what in the fuck basically her maid is in on it and they're trying to kidnap the prince of wales using young marv and you know his wife now it's not even young marv that's what i don't like it's just it's supposed to be the same marv the same marv like eight months later which is and there's one point in the movie where like marv is like attacking him and like his family's there or some maybe it's towards the end and uh kevin's like oh that's marv haven't i ever told you about him it's like how do your parents not know about Marv? The dude broke into your house and tried to kill you in New York. How do your parents not know who this guy is? Like, what this movie is, it was so terrible. And sorry. but and they no, you can keep going. They had a different storylines, which there were multiple storylines because I think the stepmom wanted to get rid of Kevin. Yeah, like the whole time. So when she was coming back with the Prince of Wales, he said, "Do you have any children there?" And she said, "No." So her intentions were to get rid of that kid. Then you've got her maid that's trying to steal this Prince of Wales using these other two people. Then you've got, like, there was so much going on. I was very confused because initially you thought the butler was in on it. Right. Then you find out he's not in on it. Like, it's, it went, it, it was all over the place. The whole thing was a mess. But, like, beyond just the story and the acting and everything, like, the way it was shot. It's a definite, like, you can tell a movie that was shot for the theater and a movie that is shot for TV because the quality is so much worse than even Home Alone 3. Like, there are scenes, the scene where they're decorating the Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. Dude, that just looked like somebody would have had, like, shot that with a cell phone or just had, like, a camcorder. And it wasn't, like, even intentionally to be like that. It wasn't like they were filming themselves or anything. It was just like, well, here's this Christmas tree and here's some decorations. Let's just shoot you guys decorating the tree in a fun, funny way. It's like I, a montage. It had music behind it. And it, to me, it looked like a Saturday Night Live skit where they don't care. I mean, they're just yes. throwing this stuff on this Christmas oh. tree, like just throwing it at the tree. Yeah. Like ornaments are going to hang themselves. Like the, It was so strange. I wrote a note there that just says, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> <laughs> because I wasn't quite sure what, how, how I was even going to make it through the movie at that point. It just looks so incredibly low budget. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, the, the like I said, the drop off between three, which I didn't even think was good, and four is, I mean, three looks like the Godfather compared to this. Yes. And then it ends with the dad just completely forgetting about the last eight months of his divorce. Right. And on the spot, in front of... People who run another country who just got out of the limo, and all of a sudden, step. My wife looked at me and she was like, "Should you be doing this in front of other people?" Right. I mean, he's just uh, just unleashes the fact that he does not love this woman he's been with and lives in her house, and he's just going to get back with his wife, and his wife is just like, "All right, cool." 
<laughs> Thank you. I wrote notes about that too. I, like I, that bothered me so much. It just further showed how much of a piece of shit he is because not only does he just like shit on the woman that he left his wife for, basically, like you said, in front of everybody, in front of rulers of a foreign country yeah, and his whole family. His wife is just like, yeah, come on back home. It's like, are you fucking sick? Like, have some goddamn self-esteem, lady. Like, this dude has been a fucking asshole for the past eight months. Like, <laughs> He just gets a pass because it's Christmas yeah. all the time. And then Kevin has some last little dig. Like, on, I can't even remember what it was, but he had some last little thing like, oh, he made the butler quit on the lady or whatever. Yeah. So she had nobody left. Well, where's the butler going to go? Like, he doesn't have a job now. Is he going to go to the McAllister's in Chicago and be their butler? Like, he just, that was a whim to me, too. Like, you've got to think about it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it. this movie was just unbelievable on so many levels. And that was the major cap at the end, was that entire breakup, divorce, back together, all that stuff was incredible. Dude, yeah. It bothered that movie this movie bothered me on so many levels. Like I said, the product like as a person that works in like video, like just watching how they shot the stuff too, like the lighting, like everything about this movie just bothered me so immensely. So if you haven't seen it, get out there and watch it, man. It could be worth your time. Um, if I mean, you, especially if you like watching train wrecks, cause I do, it, I enjoy watching movies like that because I just think it's so funny. I mean, I'll give you that. It is a hell of a train wreck of a movie. Like, and you just, I don't know. We we should have figured out a way to like turn it into a drinking game or something like because sure. One thing I did note. One thing I wanted a couple quick last quick notes about it in the third and fourth one they had the fake leg prank. Do you remember like the the fake legs were hanging from the ceiling and one of them are hanging like from the attic and number uh, three under, and they were like the under the bed and this one like yep. the exact same thing like they just recycled so many of the jokes and so many of just. I don't know. To me, this one wasn't necessarily about the traps like it has been in the the first three, right? It, it wasn't him setting, you know, tons of booby traps. He was just yeah. using what he had. I think it was because they didn't have the budget to probably set those up. <laughs> one other thing, I, one last note I made that would just bother me on the technical side of it is like this movie was obviously shot like in the summertime. Like it's not, you know they digitally made all the grass and trees look brown, but mm-hmm. like trees don't just look brown in the wintertime. They don't have leaves. So it was just like, if you look at it, dang, you're picking apart landscaping. I'm sorry, man. Like I, this movie was so terrible to me and like it offended me on multiple, multiple levels. Yeah. Especially the very end when, uh, you, that remote of your smart home can also <laughs> make the world around you snow. Yeah. Like it, it was the strangest ending. Okay, so back to our argument. Yep. After talking about four, there's no way that I can pair up three and four. You have to give me a pass on this one. I will admit to you that one and two are classic, timeless, and will always be you know what everybody knows. But yeah. give three and four a chance. Like You might find something that you're looking for in a Christmas movie. Well, I will say in... Defense of number three, Roger Ebert gave this movie a three out of four stars or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he said that it was better than the first two Home Loans, and it was a fresh take on the the movie or something like the that. The genre? Or- yeah, which just leads me to believe, like, did he see the first two? Does he have some weird vendetta against, like, Chris Columbus or, like, uh, you know... Macaulay no, Culkin or something? Roger, come on, Roger Ebert. You know, he, he sees it like I saw it. 
Okay. Three well, is better. Okay. Well, let me just say that the public did not agree with either one of you guys. <laughs> okay. Because Home Alone 1, off a budget of $18 million, ended up making $285 million. Home okay. Alone 2, off of a... I'm sorry, I don't have the... The budget was similar for that one, maybe a little bit more expensive. Um, it made $358 million worldwide. Home Alone 3, with a budget of $32 million, okay. grossed worldwide $30 million. <laughs> Wait, so, so it, made, it lost $2 million. So it lost $2 million. Okay. So, I mean, just going off, you know, box office alone, I'm going to say that the first two win. I'm also going to say that Home Alone 3 has a 4.2 on Rotten Tomato or on IMDb. So And 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. But, you, you know, different people, it's different strokes, man. People like what they like. You're, you're right. You're right. But I, I would suggest, this is, this is just me pleading to you, watch Home Alone 3 and decide for yourself. Um, we didn't today on this podcast cover Home Alone 5, which is called Holiday Heist. And... Another reason we got interested in this was because there is a Home Alone 6 in production, and it is billed as going to be the best Home Alone movie we've ever seen. I think my 10-year-old thinks that everybody from every Home Alone movie is going to be in it. It's going to be like the end of the Spider-Verse version of Home Alone. That's it. You know, it's just (laughs) old Macaulay Culkin just smoking cigs out back. You know, they introduce probably new characters, but... They've got, you know, everybody. Catherine O'Hara's back. It's just... I mean, that would be great for a lot of the people that have starred in some of these sequels because aside from Scarlett Johansson, a lot of them aren't really working that much anymore. No, they need the money. Playing the playing the Kevin character is like a curse, I feel like. That, or that, Alex character. That could be true because you're a, you're a child actor at that point. Yep. You're, you're never going to break from that. Right. Well, we hope you've had fun listening to us ramble about, you know, two incredibly, what? Mediocre sequels to the two great (laughs) uh, Christmas movies. I tried to look this up. Uh, Do you know any threes that were better than the first twos? Thor Ragnarok. Damn, you got me. Well, uh, wherever you are, we... Thank you for listening this week. We hope you've uh, enjoyed another episode of Raising Nashville. Uh, If you have a like button near you, smash that thing. Yeah. Uh, Sorry we did not have uh, time for a CBD ad today. Merry Christmas, guys. We'll see you next week. I'm home Sure.